Hey there. Welcome back to Sleepy Stories. Yeah. Today we have two special guests. Oh my. Celeste and Lucky. Yes, Celeste and Lucky are here. If, if Lucky could refrain from singing, I would appreciate it. Alright, but can she, but can Lucky do one song? What do you mean? Um, at, at the end of the show, when we're kind of <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I don't think anyone needs to hear a very automated version of Bingo Was His Name, oh. Alright. Okay, thank you. Well, uh, if, if you want to, that's fine. We'll do it, um... Why don't you do it now? Alright, so... Lucky is gonna sing <laughs> a song. First, I need, um, Lucky to get ready for a minute. Mm-hmm. So... And then we'll get along to the story? Yeah. Okay. Alright, let's do it, Lucky. <laughs> Okay. Thank you, Lucky. Alright, Lucky. You um uh, Lucky. Hi. <laughs> Hi everybody. Lucky's here. And Celeste, who some of you would recognize as Princess Celestia, but But, the... she, but you can tell the, by their necklaces. Um Celestia has a collar. Mm. And Celeste has I mean Celestia has like a necklace and um and Celeste has a collar. So, yeah, we have some wonderful special guests today. Thank you for bringing them in, Led. But, um, thank you, Celeste, for posing in front of my phone. Wait, you're, it's not on camera mode? No, no, it's a podcast, honey. We, it's, we don't make videos. We're just recording our story. Oh. <laughs> silly. Silly Celeste. Oh, silly Celeste. She's so sweet. Okay, so, should we get started? Yeah. All right, so, we have been working on George McDonald's, The yeah. Princess and Curdy. Yeah, and I believe it's Chapter 5. Yes, we're on Chapter 5 today. Can you read that chapter title? That's... Oh, uh, chapter. I, yes, I don't <laughs> underneath chapter, very good. The Miners. Miners. The Miners. All right. I think this print's a little bit smaller than you used to, amongst other things. All right. Bunny, why are you jumping? Mm, well, Bunny, it's good to see you, too. But I'm going to go ahead and start reading, if that's okay. It much increased Curdy's feeling of the strangeness of the whole affair. That, the next morning, when they were at work in the mine, the party of which he and his father were two, just as if they had known what had happened to him the night before, began talking about all manner of wonderful tales that were abroad in the country. Chiefly, of course, those connected with the mines and the mountains in which they lay. Their wives and mothers and grandmothers were their chief authorities. For when they sat by their firesides, they heard their wives telling their children the self-same tales, with little differences, and here and there one they had not heard before, which they had heard their mothers and grandmothers tell in one or the other of the same cottages. 
At length, they came to speak of a certain strange being they called Old Mother Wotherwop. Some said their wives had seen her. It appeared as they talked that not one had seen her more than once. Some of their mothers and grandmothers, however, had seen her also. And they all had told them tales about her when they were children. They said she could take any shape she liked, but in reality she was a withered old woman, so old and so withered that she was as thin as a sieve with a lamp behind it, that she was never seen except at night, and when sometimes something terrible had taken place, or was going to take place, such as the falling in of the roof of a mine, or the breaking out of water in it. She had more than once been seen, it was always at night, beside some well, sitting on the brink of it. Daddy, Angel Bear is, is looking at the pages, too. Angel Bear can look over my shoulder, it's fine. Yeah, I just wanted to tell you. I, oh, I was aware of the bear on my shoulder. Mm -hmm. I noticed. Bears are heavy. Well, she's not the heaviest bear. She's not the heaviest bear. She had more than once been seen. Wait, could you not dig in the Legos, though? She had more than once been seen. It was always at night, beside some well, sitting on the brink of it, and leaning over and stirring it with her forefinger, which was six times as long as any of the rest. And whoever for months after drank of that well was sure to be ill. To this one of them, however, added that he remembered his mother saying that whoever in bad health drank of the well was sure to get better. But the majority agreed that the former was the right version of the story. For was she not a witch, an old hating witch, whose delight was to do mischief? One said he had heard that she took the shape of a young woman sometimes, as beautiful as an angel, and then was most dangerous of all for she struck every man who looked upon her stone blind. Peter ventured the question whether she might not as likely be an angel that took the form of an old woman as an old woman that took the form of an angel. But nobody except Curdy, who was holding his peace with all his might, saw any sense in the question. They said an old woman might be very glad to make herself look like a young one, but who ever heard of a young and beautiful one making herself look old and ugly? Peter asked why they were so much more ready to believe the bad that was said of her than the good. They answered because she was bad. He asked why they believed her to be bad. And they answered because she did bad things. When he asked how they knew that, they said because she was a bad creature. Even if they didn't know it, they said, a woman like that was so much more likely to be bad than good. Why did she go about at night? Why did she appear only now and then, and on such occasions? One went on to tell how one night when his grandfather had been uh, having a jolly time of it with his friends in the market town, she had served him so upon his way home that the poor man never drank a drop of anything stronger than water after it to the day of his death. She dragged him into a bog and tumbled him up and down in it till he was nearly dead. I suppose that, uh, that was her way of teaching him what a good thing water was, says P said Peter, but the man who liked strong drink did not see the joke. They do say, said another, that if she has lived in the old house over there ever since the little princess left it, they say too that the housekeeper knows all about it and is hand in glove with the old witch. 
I don't doubt they have many a nice airing together on broomsticks. But I don't doubt either. It's all nonsense, and there's no such person at all. When our cow died, said another, she was seen going round and round the cow house the same night. To be sure, she left a fine calf behind her. I mean, the cow did, not the witch. I wonder she didn't kill that too, for she'll be a far finer cow than ever her mother was. My old woman came upon her one night, not long before the water broke out in the mine, sitting on a stone on the hillside with a whole congregation of cobs about her. When they saw my wife, they all scampered off as fast as they could run, and where the witch was sitting there was nothing to be seen but a, but a withered bracken bush. I made no doubt myself she was putting them up to it. And so they went on with one foolish tale after another, while Peter put in a word now and then, and Curdie diligently held his peace. But his silence at last draw attention upon it, and one of them said, Come, young Curdie, what are you thinking of? How do you know I'm thinking of anything? asked Curdie. Because you're not saying anything. Does it follow then that, as you are saying so much, you're not thinking at all? asked Curdie. I know what he's thinking, said one who had not yet spoken. He's thinking what a set of fools you are to talk such rubbish, as if there was or could ever be such an old woman as you say. I'm sure Curdie knows better than all that comes to. I think, said Curdie, it would be better that he who says anything about her should be quite sure it is true, lest she should hear him and not like to be slandered. But what would she like it any better if it were true, said the same man. If she is what they say, I don't know. But I never knew a man that wouldn't go in a rage to be called the very thing he was. If bad things were true of her and I knew it, said Curdie, I would not hesitate to say them, but I will never give in to being afraid of anything that's bad. I suspect that the things they tell, however, if we knew all about them, would turn out to have nothing but good in them. And I won't say a word more for fear I should say something that mightn't be to her mind. They all burst out in a loud laugh. Hear the parson, they cried. He believes in the witch. Ha ha, he's afraid of her. He says all she does is good. He wants to make friends with her that she may help him find the silver ore. Give me my own eyes and a good divining rod before all the witches in the world. And so I'd advise you too, Master Curdy. That is, when your eyes have grown to be worth anything and you have learned to cut the hazel fork. Do you know what a divining rod is, Led? No. It is a kind of hmm, hedge magic, I guess I call it, or folk magic, that ordinary people sometimes do. Um, they take a stick. It's like a branched stick that you can hold in two hands. It has a point, so two ends and then a pointing end. And they walk along with it loose in their hands. And when it drops, they say there's water there underneath the ground. And they'll dig for water there. They'll dig a well. So, yeah. So that's what they're talking about there is uh, if you can learn how to do that. Maybe you can, some people say you can find precious metals that way, too. So that's why they're saying you can find silver ore with a divining rod. Does that make any sense? Not a lot. Uh, yeah, magic often doesn't make a lot of sense, but people nonetheless believe some things very, very seriously.
but it's an idea for sure. They all mocked and jeered at him, but he did his best to keep his temper and go quietly on with his work. He got as close to his father as he could, however, for that helped him to bear it. As soon as they were tired of laughing and mocking, Curdy was friendly with them, and long before their midday meal, all between them was as it had been. But when the evening came, Peter and Curdy felt that they would rather walk home together without other company, and therefore lingered behind when the rest of the men left the mine. Well, that's interesting. Um, so... Mm-hmm. Um, well, Celestia um, likes to sing, but she's a little shy. Oh, you, you'd like to have another little concert? Well, she's, um, well, we're figuring out if she wants to sing or not. Well, if she wanted to sing, what would she sing? Well, she would be singing a little bit of a song. Okay. What song? I can't remember what it's called. Okay. Well, you know, maybe she should give it a try. Just see what happens. We could we could see how this goes, okay? She should be close to the microphone when she sings. All right, so, Celestia, do you want to do it? Okay. Yeah. All right, Celestia, let's do this. Gotta love, All right. So that was Gotta Love, Love, Love. Is that it? I'm not sure. I don't okay. know the name of the song. I, I'm not sure of the name of the song either, but I recognize that lyric, and I was just wondering if that's what you'd sing. Regardless, it sounded good. Thank you, Celestia. Celeste. Thank you, everybody. She, I think she took a nap. I have that effect on women. Okay. Well, this, speaking of naps, I'd say this is the end of our episode. So it's time for everybody to close their eyes and get a good night's sleep. Yep. Pleasant dreams. Yes, bye, 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 bye.